Okay, welcome, welcome everyone. Daishihan Miller here uh, with this week's episode of Kuden. I've got some eerie golden glow going on uh, with the video this time, so I'm not sure uh, nothing's changed. Weird. Anyway, so, I don't know, we've got some storms not going on outside, so hopefully we won't have like major thunder and whatnot that we've had uh past couple of days, and hopefully that won't affect uh internet service. I mean, it might be from my end, as far as I know. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I've got, again, I've got this weird golden hue, so weird. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be talking about choices and decisions and all that wonderful stuff and uh, how we're really coming at it uh, and how we're coming at, at the, the decisions and choices that we make. Um, you know, so we've been talking about uh, uh, physical combat for a while. Now it's time to talk about inside things, right? So anyway, we'll talk about that and more as soon as we get started. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, we are back. So welcome, welcome. For those of you who are regulars and for those of you who are new, move some stuff out of my way here. All right, cool beans. Anyway, all right, so i got James in the wings. Uh, he's finishing up some things over there. We're uh, kicking off a new live program this week. I know I still have my Sanji Shichi Dobon uh, 37 fundamentals course going on. And, uh, for those who are in that program, if I haven't already talked to you today with your one-on-one mid, kind of a mid course, uh, coaching review, see how you're doing and what we need to focus on next. Um, we're going to add a couple extra bonus classes to that. It's just what I do, right? I want to make sure that everybody gets plenty of value out of things, but we'll kick off another, uh, another one here. Um, we're actually starting it this Wednesday, so we'll let you in on, on some details with that here um, later on in the podcast, so make sure you stick with it. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, past, I would say, um, let's see, we're kicking it off live on July 19th, so that's two days from now. Um, give it a week and a half, uh, doors will probably be closed, and it'll be too late to get in. So, But anyway, um, we'll see what happens. Anyway, <clears throat> all right, so... Um, well, I, I guess I'm going to lead off this episode uh, with a story, okay? And hopefully it'll, it'll help to illustrate a point, right? And if not, then I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, so, um, so two weeks, two and a half weeks ago, give or take, uh, it was before our, our Independence Day holiday here uh, in the States. And so I had a, a woman come in uh, to inquire about classes and, uh, fresh out of a divorce, wasn't a good marriage. There was, uh, uh, abuse involved and, and things like that. Right. So she was looking to learn, uh, some self-defense, right? So of course she was checking into things and not just what kind of programs are being offered or whatever, but, you know, instructor background. Okay. So we briefly discussed uh, and talked about uh, my experience as a former federal police officer, uh, military uh, work, 
and uh, just bodyguard work and things like that. Right. So um, uh, the point we were discussing was uh, not just an instructor who's learned stuff, but an instructor who's uh, used it right where it counts. So she's very, very interested. And um, and then, uh, you know, she was going to, you know, call back or I'd follow up or whatever. Right. So anyway, I gave it until after the holiday. So instead of calling her back a week later, I called her back probably like a week and a half. Anyway, so uh, she she sounded like she forgot that she even stopped in. Okay, no big deal. It happens all the time. Right. Life happens, distracts us, those kind of things. And so um, uh, she she said she really liked uh, the program. She liked the idea, uh, not the idea, but she liked my background and, and, and things like that. She said, but, you know, um, there's actually a class that's going on like less than five minutes from my house. And my friend goes there. I said, great. Right. Um, is it a self-defense class? She says, I don't really know that much about it. Um, you know what? I don't even, I don't even know that the instructor, um, I'm pretty sure the instructor doesn't have any of your experience, but you know, it's, it's just right up the road. Right. And to get to your classes, it's like a 20 minute drive. Right. And so I, I think I'm going to go to that class, but, I want you to know that I really think that I could have learned a lot from you given your, you know, your real experience on the street with, with dealing with really violent people. You have that experience. Um, but you know, my friend goes there and it's close. So, uh, that's what I'm going to do. And I said, great. I wish you well. And I always leave the door open. So, uh, I said, if, if things change, uh, if you find out that's not working for you or you want to add to things or you want to re-explore, uh, you know, just give us a call. Right. And if not, no harm, no harm, no foul. I wish you well. Right. And that's pretty much where the where the conversation ended. Um, but this is not an isolated case. It's not. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, it's so not isolated that it's a part of the statistics I have about who joins martial arts and a lot of the criteria that they that they select right um you know even us free thinkers would like to believe that uh you know we're unique right we're uh, it's kind of like um uh, nonconformist who believe that they're not a part of any group right because they're nonconformist except that they're a member of a group called nonconformist and so while they may not collectively gather in the same town um, they think very similarly and they uh, have certain aversion, uh, aversions to certain things uh, and whatnot. And the personality traits are very, very similar. So it's, it's still easy if I wanted to put out a message to speak to nonconformists, um, it would be really, really easy because I know who I'm talking to and I know what they're all about. So it's going to resonate with them. Okay? Um, I believe that I'm an nonconformist as well, but okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not one of the nonconformists that um, have a certain psychology where 
they're against whatever's going on, right? Because they're not going to conform to that. But if all these nonconformists got together and created a social structure that fit their primary outlook, right? Um, 80, 90% of them would become nonconformist within that group because no matter what the status quo is, they're going to resist it. So there's a form of oppositional defiance uh, or oppositional defiance disorder, ODD, um, that's a part of that personality trait, okay? Go figure, right? I don't fit in any mold. Well, see, there's a mold for people that <laughs> they don't fit into a mold, right? So anyway, but but what really came up, and uh, James and I uh, talked about this and uh, some other folks, we were we chatted about this a little bit uh, in the Sanjay Chichi Dobon, uh, the 37 Fundamentals course that's going on right now, because that's heavy on psychology, right? How people think and how they make decisions and, and things like that. And uh, what what this points to, well, you know what, before I talk about that, uh, I, I mentioned statistics, right? And one of the statistics is that, uh, now, again, this is for people that live in urban and suburban areas, relatively built up. In my area, we're semi-rural, so the statistics change a little bit, right? But the national average is that the average person is not willing to travel more than 12 and a half minutes for anything, including martial arts classes, okay? They want to pick something close to work or to home because they don't want to have to travel farther than they feel is convenient, okay? Regardless of value or quality, it's the rare individual who will go farther. Now, in my area, um, it's more like 20 minutes because the, the towns are spread out, and if they, people have their kids in sports or whatever, uh, you're going to travel a little bit. But in the rural or in the urban and suburban areas, um, the statistic is 12 and a half minutes. Okay. Um, and again, it's, it's based on convenience, right? So the question becomes, and I had this in our little slide that was up, right? The question becomes, are we doing the best we can? Or are we making the best choices based on, uh, what we have available, right? Including resources, time, those kind of things, right? Or are we choosing easy, right? Are we choosing to do the thing that requires the least amount of effort to produce satisfactory results, to produce a level of comfort, right? And that's a question that everyone needs to ask for themselves. Okay. And uh, I brought up an analogy. Uh, I don't know if it was in a previous Kuden here recently or whatever, but we were chatting about um, my son, uh, who's now long since out of the Navy and whatnot. But uh, before he went in the Navy, he, he grad just graduated from high school and uh, he lived about an hour from me. Uh, so I had visitation and things like that. But once he graduated, he had designs on going in the military. And so um, being a veteran myself, I kind of took responsibility for that. 
And so I would go get him, drive him around, you know, take him to the recruiter's offices and things like that. Um, but, and then, well, not but, we, we both had really long conversations about not just how great it would be or not just what the benefits were, but what hindrances or obstacles, right, were going to be in his way. And one of those <clears throat> was, no better way to say it, teenage laziness. Okay. Um, you know, great ideas, great dreams and fantasies, good talk, you know, enthusiasm on that side. Um, hopping the happy ass out of bed or off the couch to, you know, go walking or jogging or whatever in the morning so that basic training wasn't a horse stomp in the face. Um, <clears throat> that was something very, di- very different. And we both agreed that if he stayed with his mom, nothing against his mom, if he stayed with his mom, um, he would be left to do that on his own. And it, it probably wasn't going to get done. Right. So I made the offer. Right. Dude, you can move in with, move in with me. Right. I will drag my happy ass out of bed. Right. I'll go back to basic training days kind of thing, right? And uh, we'll do some push-ups. We'll do some sit-ups. And we'll – there was this uh, back road that kind of uh, went behind my house and around a private airport and then came back. It was like this big, giant loop. And, um, you know, we'll start off walking. We'll do a walk-jog. And then we'll build it up to jogging and whatever because he had some weight he had to lose to even – make it in right there's a there was a maximum weight and that kind of thing and we needed to get him under that right so uh but anyway so so we did that but as a part of him being with me um and as a part of the fitness things and whatnot um you know you're going to come to class right and you're going to do that stuff as well so he did right and uh but uh during somewhere in this in this time frame, right, uh, I had bought uh, one of my uh, clip knives that is, you know, it's the it's, it's one of the go to things that I have as far as a, as a personal carry kind of thing. Um, and it's a it's a Spyderco Delica. So for anybody that knows uh, what that is, uh, very sharp, Japanese made stainless steel, um, very and they're very, very well built. Right. Um, and I actually got this one, the one I'm talking about, through my teacher, Shoshi Malmstrom. Um, anyway, he wasn't like selling them as some kind of distributor or whatever. He just had some, got a good deal on them, uh, bought a bunch and then, you know, just offered them to students for cost, you know, what he, what he paid for. Them. So I got this like $120, $130 knife for like $70, right? And I know for a lot of folks that's, <clears throat> well, shit, I'm not paying that much for a knife. Okay. And I get it, right? If finances are the, are the issue, then again, just like I said earlier, right? You do the best you can. You get the best quality you can for what you have, right? Assuming that you're working on upgrading your life. You're working on making changes and becoming, you know, something bigger, better, whatever, so that 
the next sword you buy or whatever it is, right? Because, um, again, you really do get what you pay for. And that's where I'm going. Okay? Because uh, my son, uh, to kind of pay some bills and to, to help pull his own weight and, and whatnot, uh, got a part-time job at a local convenience store, just running the counter, stocking shelves, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And so one day, uh, you know, comes from work, gets changed for class, and goes, Dad, Dad, check this out, right? And he pulls out this clip knife, and it's the same size as my Spyderco Delica. Um, but the design is different. Okay? As a matter of fact, I'll show you. Hold on one second. We have an alarm going off in my house. I will be right back. I'm back. Sorry about that, guys. My my house is a uh, virtual fortress. We have everything from uh, CCTV cameras around my house to um, entrance sensors, doors, windows, all that kind of stuff. Um, three different. Um, I need to make sure my wife felt safe after that fire we had about two and a half years ago. So there's uh, three different types of fire detection and prevention in my house. And we also have moisture meters, and apparently that major rain thing that we had uh, come down, um, there was a window that was left open in the bathroom, and uh, the water got on the floor and kind of shifted behind the toilet and hit one of these sensors. And um, But took me a couple of extra minutes because um, when the alarms went off, my wife was right back there two and a half years ago. And so um, I had to make sure she was okay because – that's my job, right? So anyway, where the hell was I? <laughs> oh, my son, right? We were on that story. Yes. So you covered all those things. Um, I, I did kind of pass through just as I had to take care of something else because my dog was freaking out. His ears now hurt because these, these alarms are really piercing, right? Um, we've got, an, uh, we have everything right down to a bed shaker. So it, it will like move our mattress and, the decibels that go up or that go off, I swear to God, they will wake the dead. Um, and so luckily I was not in the bedroom when that happened because that freaked out my wife, the dog, whatever. So now she's trying to calm him down. But anyway, um, uh, where the hell was I? Oh, yes, um, my son. Okay. So he was coming to class and he was working at this place and he comes in and um, what was it? The, did, I, did I get to the um, – oh, yeah, he had something to show me, right? So right. Um, he pulls out – I think I was in the process of reaching my pocket when that happened, right? So this is my Spyderco Delica, right? So there's a certain design to Spyderco, right? And you know whether you have an authentic one or not because there's a spider on the blade, right? Can you see that? Okay. So for those of you who know what they are, that's fine. Um, but there's certain certain construction pieces to this that um, based on learning knife defense tactics that uh, certain – commandos and people like that use um most and i have another one around here most how is it oh there it is right so this one um it's brandon smith and wesson but i'm probably sure i'm pretty sure it's not made by them all right i'm sorry anyway so the, the release catch is right here for those of you on audio only i apologize i'm going through this but um the the blade release right and the blade break right the blade break is typically back here in between the uh, the handles right 
See the difference? There's a hollow thing, right? This was a gift, right? This this one with the wooden handle and stuff. I mean, it looks nice and all that, but there's things that are different, okay? Which of these things? No, it's not like that, right? But the break on this one, right, is not the same. And the the thing that's holding that blade there against pressure when the edge impacts something, right, it's going to be very different from this one that this break takes up this whole section, right? I mean, it's damn near impossible to flip this blade backwards toward the handle, okay? I'll explain why that's important here in a minute, okay? So the the piece here in the, in the uh, blade, the blade is shaped so that this hole, right, which is thumb tip size, right, your, your thumb tip can't not fall into that unless you just have so much, so, so little tension on it. The more pressure, the more stress you have going on, the more that falls in there, right? So opening this, right, becomes very, very easy. I don't have to possibly miss this little knob. And I get it. A lot of people have told me, look, I just practice a lot, and I'm able to do that with my knife um, uh, with no problem. Great. Under pressure, right, when your palms are sweaty and your hands are shaking and the adrenal response is kicked in, right? So – and this isn't the only blade maker that does things like this, but it's designed with those kind of things in mind. The other thing that it's designed with in mind, and again, I'm pointing to this, uh, this thumb break right here that, that, you know, it's the, it's the lock release for the, for the blade, right? Okay. So for, uh, for, a, for the vast majority of knives I've seen, it's in line with the edge right behind the blade at the fore of the handle. Right. So when that gets depressed, then the blade will fold. OK, the Spyderco, I, I there may be designs out there where this is different, but I haven't seen one. So the break is in the middle of the handle at the top side, right on the on the spine side. OK, which means that it will be underneath my hand. It'll be wrapped in my palm when I'm using this. And the reason that this matters, for those of you who are on video, who are on video, you can see this, right? My index finger, right, this, this can slide around. This can shift, okay? And so anybody that knows how to do that can come in here and lever my index finger sideways because they're not as strong sideways as they are curling and folding, right, or unfolding and folding, right? And what they will do, because I learned how to do this, you slide in and you just run your finger across the bottom of the handle. And what ends up happening is it unlocks the blade. And now I can just fold your blade down on your fingers. Okay. The spider code doesn't allow for that. Okay. I'm, I'm, the reason I'm pointing these things out, I'm not selling spider co. I have no vested interest in spider co. I have no spider co stock, nothing like that. Right. My son comes to me and they had gotten these, um, these clip knives right, for sale at the convenience store, and um, he had two of them, right, and with the exception that where this, this is much more sturdy, I promise you, right, this, this blade probably retails at 70 bucks, um, but the one he brought, much thinner on the, the, the metal, right, uh, plastic handles, that kind of thing, plastic clip, same basic design, though, with this little button attachment here and the brake here okay 
So he said, look, I got these things for 10 bucks a piece, right? Why, why would you spend that much money on a, on a knife? And we had this little discussion, but there was no changing his mind that, you know, you get what you pay for. And just because it looks the same doesn't make it the same. Uh, and then, I don't know, a week, a couple of weeks later, we did some cutting practice at the dojo. And it's a good thing it wasn't a double-edged knife because we set up some resistance targets. Uh, some of the things that we would do is take a newsprint, newspaper, and roll it into these really tight bundles that were cut at, what is that, maybe six, eight inches, something like that, and then tie it with a string and attach it to uh, a crossbeam, right? So they're just hanging down. So what that does is it, it makes – the, the print becomes kind of the consistency of spongy flesh, but firm. I mean, there's no stick in it, but you get the idea, right? But it moves because what we were practicing, we're biting cuts, okay? Because if you just come in with a slashing cut, you're just going to knock it away from you, right? So we need to bite with the boshi of the weapon so we end up with this, this, this uh, not a chopping cut, but it's a – it's a striking cut and it gouges, right? And so, uh, first time he did it, first time he hits this thing dead on, uh, you know, he had his trial and error beforehand, but the first time he did one where he caught it just right and the, the force was there to create that gouge, um, next thing he felt was his knuckle getting punched because the blade didn't break to where the edge would fold down on his fingers, it just broke free of what little bit of a break was in that design. And it actually didn't break away this way. The, the, uh, the plastic handles opened up because the blade fit down between handle and break. Does that make sense, James? Does it? That making sense. Okay. So what ended up happening was instead of stopping the blade because the metal, it goes metal to metal and locks up, right? The pressure to these things, the hinges, right? That gave way. Blade folds back. So the, the spine side of the knife punched his knuckle, right? And there was nothing that needed to be said. I'm not the kind of dad to go see. I told you so. I don't need to. Right. You, the point's been made. I don't, I don't need to. I'm, I'm not the guy to rub things in. That's just not that's just not me. Um, but, you know, universe reaches out and makes a point. No pun intended. So uh, but I get it. I, I, I told him, look, I get it. Right. You, your your paycheck is what it is. You have a finite amount of uh, funds. Everybody does. Right. Um, but one of the things that my teachers, I would say beat into me, but that would be too many puns at one time. Uh, one of the things that they hammered in, I guess it's the same, isn't it? Anyway, um, was that they understood that too, right? But that you have a criteria for your weapons, for your training, for whatever it is that you're doing. And there would be a minimum acceptable level to that, right? Uh, and then based on a whole bunch of variables, right? Time, resources, energy, health, 
whatever, right? You make the choice that gets you as close to that as possible, right? And if you can't, well, then you focus on those things that, well, you can do a step down. But in the process, you're focusing on those things that will upgrade the things that you need to to step up, right? Um, but anyway, I, I don't I don't hold any grudge. Uh, you know, I'm just borrowing a story, uh, not just about my son. I, I don't hold a grudge against my son, obviously. But this this prospective student is very very nice, and I believe that she believed that she was making the best decision for her. But the reality is, is she knew the difference between the classes and she was choosing convenience over quality. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the most quality guy in the area. That's not that's not the point. Right. The point is we're talking about self-defense, not just learning a martial art. She didn't come in because she was like, I've got this teenager. He and his mom both joined. She joined because. She thought it'd be a cool thing to do with her kid. Now she caught the bug and, and she really wants to do this stuff. Um, and she's more self-defense oriented. He, he's what, what is he, James 12, 13, Seth, something like that, right? Coming up on four, maybe coming up on 14. No, I think he just turned 13. Either way, um, he just likes martial arts. He likes Asian things, whatever. Okay. So if that's the criteria, Pretty much doesn't matter, right? But if we're talking about self-protection, then everything matters, right? Beginning with who you choose to train with. And again, I'm not here to knock any instructors. This isn't the point, right? And I'm, I'm, I don't make a long list of things like how to choose a, a correct martial arts school or whatever, okay? Um, I just leave people with one thought, and that is when, it, when we're talking about self-defense and survival, especially against other violent human beings. The person that you choose to learn from, right, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they're even aware of it or not, whether you, well, you should be acknowledging it, but hopefully it doesn't happen accidentally. So here's what's really happening, whether anybody acknowledges it or not, and that is that you're putting your hands or you're putting your life in their hands. Right? You're putting your safety in their hands. Until you reach a point where you can do it for yourself, you're trusting them. Right? We have that in our student creed. Right? I believe my teachers. I show respect to all who helped me progress, that kind of thing. Right? Um, because if you don't, you know, if you don't think your teacher can do it, right, um, then there's a problem. Uh, I call I call students on that on a regular basis. I just, as a matter of fact, I just did it. Was it last week? Just before I, I my wife and I had a little getaway. Um, somebody pulled a punch in class, and one, I reminded them not to pull a punch. Okay, but two, you need to figure out why you're pulling the punch. Because if you're pulling a punch because mommy told you or grandma told you that nice people don't hit, and that's what you're running into, that's fine. We're going to have to address that because that can bite you in the ass at the wrong time. Okay? But if you're pulling your punch because you didn't want to hit me 
because you're trying to help me be successful? There's some doubt in there, right? There's some doubt. There's some maybe some disbelief that you don't think your teacher can do it. And if you have that belief, you shouldn't be with that teacher, especially when it comes to self-protection. But people do this stuff all the time because, well, this one's convenient. Right? James, how many times, how often do we get uh, emails from people that have wanted to take needed to, they've been wanting to take it for years, but um, they, they didn't want to, well, they don't say they didn't want to. What they say is, I can't travel that far. You're too far away. That ego rephrases things really cool, right? But what it comes down to is, I'm not going to do that, right? It's not convenient for me. I'm not going to do that, right? So I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. So I took fill in the blank, hyphen dough, or whatever, right? So again, I'm not here to knock anybody's decisions. What I'm here to do is point out something that we have to guard ourselves against, okay? This is, this is called mindfulness, right? For those of you in the Sanjay Shichi Dobon program, we, we just had another uh, round of this, and we're going to do it again this week uh, with this two-part uh, class on discussion of the five powers, right? And spe- specifically, two of these things, uh, are wrapped up in, in these, these little stories I'm telling, and um, I'll, I'll share those in a minute. All right, there's five of these. The middle one is mindfulness, and then after that it's concentration, and after that is wisdom, right? But each of these five combat a hindrance or an obstacle to enlightenment or enlightened living, okay? Uh, and if we're not careful... what ends up happening is we actually create more of the same thing we're trying to escape. Okay? You know, this obviously is running full circle back on self-protection because the degree to, to which we practice, and I don't mean hours put in. I mean depth of research and study into what a bad situation is like. I know that it could involve punching and kicking and all those kind of things, and that's that's certainly part of it. But I'm talking about getting into how the adrenal response affects the way the muscles work. I'm talking about the response you could be having when you can feel his rage, when you can smell his sweat. When you can hear him, whether it's just his breathing or whatever, right? Or him telling you what he's going to do to, to, to your family after he's done with you kind of thing. And I get it, right? We can think that that's just going to fuel our rage and we're going to do our thing. and We're just going to be more committed and all that. And that may be true. But there's a lot of self-reflection that goes into this too, right? And this is where mindfulness comes in. The power of mindfulness or the strength potential that turns into a faculty eventually of mindfulness 
is not about awareness. It is superficially, but it's not about being mindful of. It's what you are mindful of and to the degree to what to the degree to which you're uh, you're processing things and thinking about things, the depth of your thinking and study and, and things like that, right? Um, concentration is just, can you stay focused? I mean, part of concentration is discipline, right? Can you hold your mind where it needs to be? Wisdom, another word for or another phrase for wisdom would be uh, deep understanding, right? And uh, knowing when to apply certain things as opposed to having favorites and just throwing shit at the wind, hoping that it works, right? Or, you know, you can use the word confidence, but there is such a thing as false confidence, right? Um, but again, there's, there are these degrees. Okay. So, um, while I know the word laziness stings, right. Um, the second power, the second, uh, strength potential, right. That leads to these, these faculties that again, we're, we're, we're studying in this program. Um, is effort or energy, right? And, and we've talked about this in different lights throughout uh, throughout the program. Um, intention, right? Uh, effort, energy, those kind of things, right? And it's it's like uh, uh, computer programmers, right? There's a there's a, a little acronym that they have: GIGO, G-I-G-O, right? Garbage in, garbage out. But it's not necessarily garbage, right? Um, I would say. <laughs> E I E I O <laughs> energy in or I guess what is it E I E O right so energy in energy out right the the amount of effort that's put in right um, and anything that costs more is more valuable um, in whatever in whatever uh, area right is going to require more effort right we've we've also discussed that. Whether we're talking about the Nijitsu side of things, or we're talking about the Mikyo side of things, or we're talking about anything of significance that you are trying to uh, gain, right? You're trying to achieve, whether it's a goal or it's a uh, uh, level of stature or uh, a, deg to a degree to which you're trying to move your career or grow your business or uh, have your family, um, whatever, right? Um, the degree of energy that goes in is directly related to the product that you get, right? So, uh, and again, I get it, right? Uh, I'm going to keep mentioning finances just because that t seems to be most people's um, objection. And right behind that is time, Okay. Um, so again, you do the best you can with what you have, okay? but there, there's this concept of self-checking, right? Making sure that we're, that's what we're doing, right? We, we know what we have, we know what we can afford, 
I'm choosing the best that I can with what I have, knowing that it's an expedient or something that will hold me until I get to that next level and can do the next thing. That we're doing that and not choosing because of this hindrance. You can say hindrance to enlightenment. You can say hindrance to mastery. You can say hindrance to uh, achievement of the, the, the vision or the goal that you really want to have, right? Um, the hindrance is laziness, right? Um, just not willing to put in the effort, okay? Um, but there's this other thing as well, which is, which is confidence, okay? And I brought that up as well, right? Um, my son had absolute confidence in that knife, until he had to learn a lesson. And luckily the lesson was in the dojo, right? That's, that's the place where we're supposed to be making mistakes, right? If we go, right? Um, but the, the first, the first strength potential, the first power, the first strength, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, is that of faith or trust or confidence? Use the word that, that works for you the most. When I say faith, I don't mean blind faith. Like, uh, you know, you just have to have it and hope that the, the thing at the end of the road is there or whatever, right? Um, in Nikyo, faith comes with mental processing. It comes with evidence. It comes with um, a strong uh, application of intellect, right? You have validation. Um, and I know, right, we can all dream up validation, but you have it, right? And you're testing it, right? But what that, and I'm, I'm going to use the word confidence because I think that that helps people over that any any kind of weird spiritual hangups that they might have because of, I don't know, who knows, religious upbringing, whatever it is, right? I use the word confidence. Um, the hindrance or the obstacle that that uh, conquers or controls or whatever is doubt, right? Um, so here's the thing with that, with the prospective student, right? She didn't have any doubt that she could learn uh, what she needed to from me based on. And I'm conveying a, a story right secondhand. So you weren't there. You, you know, you weren't on the phone. You couldn't hear her voice and whatnot. But when she described the other class and there were these little points where there was comparison and she had to admit she didn't know much about the instructor. Or she didn't know, you know, those things, right? The inflection, right? In neurolinguistic programming, right? We, we very, we're very tuned into tone and inflection, right? Because it speaks to, um, what's going on behind, right? The, the thought process, the intent and the inner world coming out. Your, your, your speech is the bridge between your inner world and the, and the outer world, right? So, um, what I heard, was she might not call it doubt, right? But it was a lack of confidence comparing the two. But 
the overriding factor. What do you get? Okay, you get where I'm going with this. So, uh, and uh, again, we're th- this week for my guys in the program. We're going to be talking about how these five powers actually flow. They one leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. But in the beginning, you can just kind of play with them and exercise them and recognize them as individual, like legs on a chair or, or a stool or uh, these these things for producing uh, results. But anyway, so um, what I thought would be uh, just worth discussing, right, is kind of this cautionary tale, right? Because, again, we need to be clear on the goal, right? We need to be clear about our passion and our enthusiasm, right? The energy that we have that's going to move us forward. Um, Because if there's not enough, there's not enough of a reason. There's not enough why. We did a whole podcast, at least one, on uh, why, right? The power of why and and having a a powerful why. Um, If we don't have that, then these other things are going to creep in. Right. So a lot of these, the, there's five negatives that these, that these powers, uh, uh, control. They control doubt, laziness, uh, uh, forgetfulness, right? Mindfulness takes care of that. Distraction, right? Concentration controls distraction. And then either bewilderment or, um, unclear thinking, right? Misinformation, those kind of things, right? Wisdom is the cure for that. Um, but these things all can work together to conspire and slow us down, right? And James, during our, during our, uh, well, one of our several meetings today, and I mean like productivity meetings, I think we were working on the uh, upcoming program. And there was something that came up that was, was going to be, that would, would fit in with this. Do you remember what the, what the, the, it it wasn't about her, but it fit in. You know, I should have taken a note when I did it because we're both thinking the same thing. Who knows? It'll pop back out again. Um, but you, you don't remember offhand? No. Anyway, we we're, even when we're working, we're considering how things work and using life as a as a litmus test and, and all kinds of things. Right. So anyway. So, again, uh, we don't have a problem with the mindfulness part of things and thinking about <laughs> the aspects of training and, and whatnot. So, um, but, uh, it's the hindrance of things, right? So, you know, uh, again, I, was it last episode that I mentioned the three part student creed and how that led to the vows of intention and those kind of things? So in the student creed, right, we have, we have the, the student creed itself handles three forms of doubt that can come up for a student that would cause them to fail or quit, right? Doubt, right? Or not believing that they can do it, right? Um, so doubting themselves, right? Doubting the program, right? That it can't get them to where they want to go, right? Producing the skills or whatever that they need. Um, and part of that's clarity too, right? The more we know about what kind of situations we're going to face out there, um, the less likely we're going to stay hinged or caged to only practicing defenses against 13th or 15th century attacks, 
right? We're, we're going to be very, very clear about what we're likely to encounter, right? And then how the training can deal with that. And then the third major doubt for uh, folks on any kind of personal development, this isn't just martial arts, any personal development path, there's uh, belief in self, there's belief in the program that you're studying, and there's belief in the teachers or guides or mentors that you've chosen to move you forward, right? So uh, belief in them, right? which should grow as you go because you should be getting more validation and more, not more validation, more evidence, right? That things are what they should be, right? Just like the, the more your, more techniques you're learning, the more skills you get under your belt, no pun intended, um, the more belief you have in yourself, right? The more your own confidence rises in your abilities, right? Um, the more, uh, things happen kind of in life, right? Where, um, you know, something surprising happens and you shift into a, into, you know, pretty much close to a kamai or you, you, uh, you know, you trip and you end up rolling and coming back up or whatever, right? That builds on that belief in the program because that skill and the way you learned it matched, right? The way a real situation occurs, right? And that both of these things kind of feed into, Right. Believing uh, in your teacher. Right. When they're when they're explaining things, when they're teaching something, uh, if they get caught by surprise. Right. Something just right. And they, and they just do it. Right. Uh, again, all these things keep increasing. Right. But if the doubt remains. Right. Doubt. Leads to laziness or sloth or what's not a good word. Big fifty dollar word, I have a five dollar mouth like Tuber or is it is it Tuber? Depper, something like that. Um but either way, it's just, you know, doing bare minimum or uh I start taking time off or whatever, right? And then of course that drops that subject or that thing, goal, whatever I'm working on, out of my mind. So I'm not thinking about it as often. Right? And then distractions creep in and then because of the distractions now i'm back to where i started before i started the program and my mind's all over the place right so i'm as far away from wisdom as i can get right because i've got these disjointed thoughts or i'm confused whatever right um but you know again the the positives work in in that direction i don't want to just turn this into a Sanjay Shichidoma program, but, um, but anyway, so, um, I, I guess this would be a point, a, a point or a, a point in the show to, uh, open things up. And James, who do we have on? Any questions, any comments? Did, is, is this valuable at all? Um, I'm not, I'm, hopefully I'm not confusing anybody. Um, but again, you know, what can you do with what you have? Not, and here's the thing, right? Um, and I should have pulled it down and I'm not at the dojo. I've got this one mandala. Um, a key part, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three. Fourth step on this path out of 13, fourth step is discipline. Okay. Discipline says, It'd be nice if you wanted to, but you don't have to want to or feel like it. 
what's required is that you know that it's required and needs to be done. And the effort is applied to get it done. Okay. Laziness is not that, right? Laziness is, I don't feel like it. I'll do it tomorrow. James and I, we had that conversation earlier, right? We were talking about somebody. Um, this is common. This is, this is common in our society, right? You, you know, you're, you're, I don't know about you. I, and James is very similar as well. You get to the end of your day, you did a lot, but you didn't accomplish what you set out to accomplish for that day. And inevitably, James, if you, if you share this stuff with people, what are nine out of 10 people going to say? There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Right? Except that tomorrow never comes. Well, tomorrow never comes, <laughs> right? Because tomorrow is today, right? So tomorrow's an illusion. But, and again, for those of you on audio only, you can't see this, but I have my hands a certain distance apart, and I'm going to move them at the same time in the same direction, okay? So listen to the words, and if you're on video, you can see this. If I, hold, if I put it off until tomorrow, what I just did with my goal is this, right? I just moved my goal a day farther out. Okay. Now, could there be things that have stalled me and I'm going to have to do things tomorrow because crap happened today or what? Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't change the amount of energy or effort that's going to have to go into this. So one of two things are going to have to happen. I either have to add the days that I wasted or didn't get things done to the end because it's still going to require the same number of days or in the process of moving there, I'm going to have to ramp up the energy, effort, resources, and all that way more. Because if I don't, it's going to take longer, right? But we've talked about from the very beginning, we only have a finite amount of time, effort, health, resources, those kind of things. No matter how much you increase them, you still hit a cap, right? So if you don't have a finite amount or what most people would think, if you're not Bill Gates, or Warren Buffett or whoever, that you don't just have, you know, you can make a decision and go, you know what, okay, I'm going to throw more at it. If you don't have more to throw at it, then it's going to take more time, right? So, sorry, for some of us, that causes agitation. And telling us that there's always tomorrow causes more agitation, okay? Because I have to do tomorrow what I failed to do today, Right. And again, life happens. But tomorrow or that need to do it tomorrow rather than today shouldn't be my own fault. Shouldn't be my own choosing. Right. What's that old saying? Right. You're free to choose, but you're not free from the consequences of your choices. Right. That's karma 101. Okay. Not It doesn't mean fate or destiny or whatever, right? What's karma? Karma just means action. Action. It, apply, it, it, it implies cause and effect, right? So, uh, but it, it shouldn't be of my own doing. My downfall shouldn't be of my own doing. My teacher, Shidoji Malmstrom, used to say, and he's former Marine, so a little bit different, right? Um, how do you describe himself in the book, Warriorship? 145 pounds of romp and stomp in hillbilly hell. Yeah, that kind of thing, right? Um, but he was very, 
Terse is a nice word. <laughs> he was very short with us in class, right? If you don't believe this shit's going to save your life, there's the goddamn door, right? <laughs> and then he would he would stop. I'll wait. All right, I'm assuming if you're still in this room that you're planning on, right, focusing where you're supposed to be focusing and not making shit up based on your own uh, belief system, okay? Uh, anyway, so uh, one of the things he used to say uh, was uh, never, be an, never be an accomplice to your own ass-kicking, okay? Your job is not to win. Your job is to make your opponent an accomplice to his own ass kicking. Okay. And, but in the process, make sure that you're not an accomplice to your own ass kicking. Right. So anyway, um, questions, comments. Uh, over on YouTube, SRG recovery. I believe that's Chris Brown. If I remember correctly, I said, good evening. Hey, Chris. And Riley yeah, Joseph. Either Chris Arnold. or it's Fog. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. And he He's said. Having fun, guys. Don't hunt me down. It's not that I'm not easy <laughs> to find. Right? Which is always funny when the people, like, you know, do the flaming comments online. I'll come over there and kick your fucking ass. Man, my information is everywhere. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> so just know that I have shit hidden everywhere and it's not going to be a fair fight. Because it wasn't, and I don't fight. Which doesn't mean anything about not doing what I need to to stay on this side of the grass. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Who else do we have? And uh, over on Facebook, Benjamin Diedrich said, Love the information you share and how you share it in such a down-to-earth fashion. Keep the content coming. Okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Down-to-earth. We don't interact nearly like Eric did, man. You're going to have to step it up. <laughs> Where's your freaking sense of humor? <laughs> if you like this one in the down-to-earth style, you should listen to the episodes uh, pre-68. Right. right? 68 was, pre- it was was a really heavy one. That's when I fired things back up again. But prior to that, we actually shot uh, we actually shot them. We recorded them. Uh, they were audio only, and we recorded them in a radio station studio soundproof studio the whole deal because uh my my guy back in the day eric white was i called him radio god he was a uh online radio personality i mean he worked his way up to being vp of programming for um what is that uh iheart radio do you know that and then got tired of the corporate stuff and moved from california across the country i think he's in north carolina uh, Mm -hmm. working for a small radio station because that's where he got his foothold and he just couldn't take the corporate garbage. So, but he, but he enjoys being the radio personality. And so the original premise of Kuden was to run it like a morning drive, like morning work, workday drive talk show. So we would laugh at dumb shit and all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, but anyway, but he, he, he had it formatted, uh, like, uh, like a radio talk show where there were like little basically commercial breaks about different programs or like the upcoming Japan trip or he kept it way more organized than I do. I'm just, this is more like a fireside chat, but I don't have the fire. 
So, <laughs> so anyway, but I believe this is what Kuden and, and uh, Shinden is, is about, right? Just that heart to heart, mind to mind. Um, and I, I'm not here to tell people what they're missing out on in training and whatnot, but one of the things I valued the most uh, was like whether it was a Taikai or a seminar or training in Japan where all of a sudden, like the physical training stops, right? As we said, he will demonstrate something and, and then something will pop up and he'll start to make a point, talk about a principle. And then that'll turn into a reference by some author or in some no play or whatever about this is a principle, right? And you need to look for this in your everyday life as well and whatever. So whether we're talking about balance or, or, you know, managing uh, distance and space or energy or, or whatever, right? Um, or uh, uh, after class things in certain uh, master teachers dojo, like in uh, Sumaya Sensei's dojo, um, after classes are done and all the kohai, all the all the junior students leave, right? A table's brought out, um, and uh, they bring out you know a snack or something like that. And meanwhile, a junior student has already prepared all this stuff in the background, um, hot water's put on for tea, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? And then we just sit around afterwards and sensei shares things, right? Like either like the Kuden context or it might turn into another lesson, kind of like my whiteboard Wednesdays. And sometimes it's he just springboards off a class or he would just start talking about something or you know, we would just sit and be sipping and you know, talking about, who knows, life or training or whatever. And then he would catch something like that. And then, so it was all this like extra training, right? Uh, Shrey Sensei did the same thing in his classes, uh, but we would normally do it in that break time between kind of like physical training session one and session two. There's, there was always like a water break in between and it was a way to decompress and relax. And during those times in Hombu, um, Hatsumi Sensei is not really relaxing, right? He's sitting there and doing art for people, right? And um, anyway, so, but that's where these discussions happen or, you know, over dinner or whatever, right? Um, so not all the training goes on in the dojo, right? Um, but the, I, I'm, I'm glad that people are getting value out of this, right? Obviously, we don't have uh, near the followers. I think we have, would we count last time, James, give or take about 10% of what, like, another, I'm going to call him a Bujinghan personality, has uh, with things. Right. Um, the views on our videos are uh, about the same, if not more some days. Um, but either way, I'm just, I just hope I'm bringing value because there's more to the art and there's always been more to the art than just the Taiden, right? The, the physical, the body transmission is what Taiden, right? Like everybody knows Minko Kaiden, but there's Taiden body transmission. So that's where you're learning skills and techniques, right? There's Kuden, which is the mind, right? Um, it's the knowledge, Right. So the teacher sharing that kind of stuff. It could be everything from strategy and tactics to principles and concepts to a lot of these things that I discuss. 
But there's another thing that crosses as well. And sometimes it meshes with Kuden because it's a life lesson. But the Shinden, the heart-to-heart transmission, right, is where the teacher-student bond um, occurs, right? And it should be, you know, there should there should be a connection, right? Um, and I hope that there is, right? Even if even if we never train together outside of this, right? Because in all honesty, to most of you, right, you know what I look like. I have no idea what you look like, right? I have no idea how much you train, don't train, whatever, right? But I have trust, faith, and confidence that you are making the best decisions for yourself based on conditions and resources and those kind of things and not based on convenience, right? You, if, if you're striving to be a ninja, which is warrior plus, and I don't mean like the movies, right? Um, again, this topic keeps coming up in the, in the Sanji Chichi Dobon program as well, that this is not an easy task. This is not child's play. If this were easy, everyone would do it. If it feels easy, we're doing something wrong because the training physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, life and whatnot should be more taxing on us than anything that we could experience outside in the world. Okay. So I hope that I irritate you sometimes. I hope that you question the value. I hope that you consider not ever freaking listening to me again because I rubbed you the wrong way. Because if I, if that doesn't happen, then I'm not doing my job to get you out of what in Mikyo is called dull sleepwalk living or assumptive living or assuming oneself as God. And I know a lot of people, they just got a weird feeling about that because I would never assume myself to be God. But if you let ego lead based on convenience and comfort and that know-it-all attitude, yeah, yeah, you do. Not you, because you guys are all enlightened, okay? But yes, that person does, okay? If you sit on high and judge, right, as the almighty, all the all-knowing, then yeah, yeah. The state of godliness has been assumed. You don't have to use the words. Okay. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that I'm providing value and I'm glad that, you know, this feels down to earth and kind of thing because, you know, it should. Right. And I know a lot of people have a, have an issue with, you know, uh, the use of certain terms, you know, Daishihan or master, or why do you use that or whatever? Well, one, it's a title that I have, but, Long ago, I learned that people in their heart of hearts, I know I do, people in their heart of hearts seek out those that have more than just a trick or two up their sleeve that they can learn, right? You know, I I, I know a guy, the number of students that I've had that have joined my school or joined these online programs or whatever, and I ask about prior experience they go, well, I had an uncle that taught me some things, or I had, you know, a friend who was in the military taught me some things. And, 
my question is, why are you not still training with them? And they don't have a really good answer, but the answer usually is, see, they were my uncle first. They were my friend first, right? And that's if we don't cross the barrier of just wasn't that into it. I learned a couple of moves, and that's what it, really what I was into it for. And so when that was satisfied, then I was done. Okay? How many times have we brought up the idea that uh, some people just have these dreams, right? That they've always dreamt about taking martial arts. They've always always dreamed about learning needed to or whatever, right? Okay, you can do that in less than a day. You can do that in an hour, right? You simply find a program. Or find a, you know, whether it's live or online or whatever, find a teacher, right? And sit in on one class. I know that's not what people mean, right? Because they want to learn the whole thing, right? But what ends up happening? Okay. One, they've achieved their goal, right? Their goal was super vague. They've achieved the goal, right? You've trained and needed to. Great. Okay. Um, but what'd you get out of it, right? So you can be successful, but at the same time, again, vagueness begets vagueness. So we need to be careful, right, that we're not letting our description um, of the goal become our greatest limitation. We just, we just had an episode on that, didn't we? Your goal, mm-hmm. your limitation. Yeah. Anyway, so and I know I'm not the youngest guy out there teaching. I don't have dapper hair, right? <laughs> I didn't even shave for this one. Those of you on Apple Podcast or whatever, you don't know, right? Um, and I don't have. I mean, I, I I do have at least six pack abs. They're just under some extra armor, right? So um, anyway. Is what it is, right? So I'm here from for those who want to learn in this direction. But I get it. Not everybody's a cup of tea, right? I'm not for the guy who signs on. Uh, same thing happens on Whiteboard Wednesdays, right? People sign on and sign right back off because they thought I was going to be like demonstrating lessons. No, no, no. This is it's Whiteboard Wednesday is another form of kuden, right? We're talking about tight end stuff, but Whiteboard Wednesday is hey hole. H E I hyphen H O. Hey hole. Military strategy. Combat strategy. Tactics and strategies. Right? It's independent of the physical techniques. That doesn't mean that physical techniques aren't involved. It means that it's not limited to any given physical technique. It's the reason the technique will look like it does when you need it. But some people don't want to go there, right? Either because of aptitude, they can't get their head wrapped around it, or they've convinced themselves, again, self-doubt, right, that they're too dumb and can't learn it, or they're, you know, if we were talking Mikio-wise, right, out of the five skandhas, they're way high on the form skanda, which is you know, just all about appearances, right? So as long as I got the bigger muscles and the harder hit and all that, well, then I'm always going to win. Yeah. 
till you run into that situation where big muscles and hard hit doesn't work because he's either bigger, stronger, uh, or it's, uh, well, it's not a saber tooth tiger, but you get the idea, right? It's, it's not a human being. Maybe it's whatever, or it's a, it's a group, right? Or you're dealing with weapons that, uh, I don't believe in weapons, right? You go hand to hand. Well, that's all great. Okay, as long as you don't bring fists to a gunfight. Right. What else we got, James? Um, <clears throat> that is Chris over on YouTube. Excellent. Around, and he said, I had the honor of being an Uke for Mr. Miller back in the 90s. People sometimes forget all the lessons from being an Uke. As I remember, hunting him down would not be worth the investment. Would not be worth the investment. Would not be worth the investment. Hunting him down would not be worth the investment. My brain must be, must be glitching because that sounds. If you hunted me down, it wouldn't be worth the energy you put into it. I must I must have missed missed something there. Anyway, so I think it was meant as a compliment, but my brain's the, locking all the that people up. that. I think he's talking about all the people, the haters online that, you know, I can kick your ass, but, you know, it's not like they actually show up. Oh, well, and if they did show up, well, you know, that's why we have weapons racks. And it's also why we have a dojo uh, invader policy. So um, that's not going to go well fast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, and always have an exit strategy. Um, So, yeah, good. And, um, oh. Where else was I going to go with that? Whatever. So, uh, cool beans. And, and, oh, the uke. Chris brought up the uke thing, right? Um, that's effort as well, right? That's effort. I'm out of effort in class, right? I will never, ever, ever turn down an opportunity to be my teacher's uke because you learn at least half the technique from that side of things, Right? Because if you're only using your eyes, you can only see what's right in front of you. You have to assume or theorize that which you can't see, right? And even if you did have a whole shit ton of cameras all the way around them so that you could see all of those angles above and below, right, you can't feel it, right? So the investment in energy and effort is also getting as many of your your sense receptors involved, right? And stepping away from just intellectual. When Hatsumisitsa uses the, the term feel, right? Sometimes it is about emotional feel, but other times it's about understanding the force of pressure or proximity or that interplay and that electromagnetic field that's going in in there. Right? I know how woo-woo that sounds, right? Um, I just, think I just demonstrated that last week in class again where I was talking about opposites uh, repelling and – or opposites attracting and, and same repelling with uke nagash, right? That you need to be um, – you need to be the polar opposite of what he's doing uh, without sacrificing stability and structure, right? Because you can only go so far in one direction. Um, and then you actually get this kind of adherence kind of thing going on, right? But that play and why we use monitoring hands and, and those kind of things. So, um, 
I'm, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but being an uke, does it hurt? Yeah. And then you know where it's supposed to hurt and how it's supposed to hurt. Right? Otherwise, if you're just doing a technique to your partner, you hear them, you see them, you take them down or whatever, but you don't know what it's doing to you. Yeah, but your partner's going to do it to you, Sensei. I mean, so you'll know. Yeah, I know what it feels like when another untrained or intermediate or a whatever level student does it to me. Okay? I want the top guy in the room who's sharing the lesson to touch me. I want to feel what that feels like. Right? Because then I'll know I'll know if my partner is doing it right or not or approaching that level or not. And if they got to play uke as well, then they'll know better and can give me feedback when I'm doing it, right? Because while you can go through the motions of using your body, you can't feel the results of the technique. So I get it. You put them on the ground. But how much control do you have over it? How quickly can you get back up from that position, right? So, um, again, clarity, right? Understanding, depth of understanding. So hopefully in these Kudens and the Whiteboard Wednesdays, I'm helping with that third phase in those five powers, right? Mindfulness. Again, not it's not about awareness. It's what you should be aware of, what you could be aware of, what I'm giving you to think about and process to add to your training, right? How to think about these different things. I mean, we did it. One of the early lessons was on Uke Nagash, right? Which the Japanese have taken on the English word blocking because so many foreigners use the term. So they just use it. So now people just, whatever their definition of blocking is, is what they're doing. <laughs> Uke Nagash is, it's not, not blocking, <laughs> but it's, it's way more. Just like Kyusho, right? using the bastardized uh, English translation of pressure points, right? Pressure points are only one of, what did I lay out? Five aspects, five types mm-hmm. of Q-show. Q-show means weak points. How are they weak and how do they need to be attacked? And what happens when you attack them, attack the same point from different angles, right? What's the difference between a bone attack and a nerve attack on the same point, Right? Just different stuff, right? So hopefully what I'm giving you is fodder for, right? That's not butchered English for father. Fodder, F-O-D-T-E-R, right? Food for thought, fuel, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, what else we got? Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Chris also said if you look for them, there are many lessons in QDEN, a QDEN episode uh, that's free that could you could gain in months of training with others. It, All right, stop, dude. Stop. I'm not <laughs> kicking out commissions or, or kickbacks for you talking nice about me. I don't need a manager. My wife's my manager, so it's okay. No, I appreciate it. I, I really do. Okay. And it, it, I, I, and it, the big thing, um, you know what, Chris, it, 
you'll have to let me know via email or comment or message or whatever if I can use some of these comments because, um, well, I'm not a big fan of testimonials. You know, Sensei's great, Sensei's good, Sensei trains with steel and wood, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of those kind of things, right? Case studies I am, like when you said you trained with me a bunch of years back and all that. Um, you know, so where was I when I started the training? What did I get out of it? What am I now able to do as a result of? That's a case study, right? Just somebody saying, you know, oh, he really knows his stuff, man. You need to train with this guy. Anybody can say that, right? But a case study. But my point with this is it always comes across different, differently. Psychologically, it comes across differently when a student or someone who has gained value from it says it way differently than if I say it. If I say, here's what you're going to learn, and at the end of this, you will get right? Just, it could sound like hype, it could sound like anything, right? But if a student has gone through it, like I have something from the, is it the Ninja Motivation and Influence Program, where my guy Josh Bloom, right? I don't even know if Josh is on, but um, he's a psychiatrist, right? And a lot of the stuff that's in that program, like he's already studied in his realm, but the case study that he, that he wrote up for that had to do with getting an insight into using it in a different way that he'd never thought of. And he was going to add that into, um, you know, how he was helping his clients. So I, that's, that's the kind of stuff I look for. Like when special forces or military or, or uh, law enforcement or security guys or whatever, write me an email and go, man, you just keep, keep this stuff coming because this is gold and we need this to stay alive every day. Right. That's the stuff that moves me. Not the guy that goes like uh, my friend, um, like he was attacked by somebody, um, you know, with a knife and he couldn't do anything about it. And so all this stuff is bullshit. OK, well, you didn't tell me if your friend was trained at all. You didn't tell me to what extent you didn't, you didn't tell me anything about it other than you disbelieve this out of the gate and you have you have a story to back that up. So just feel good about your position. Okay. Uh, you can tell me how much this stuff doesn't work. till the cows come home. Okay. Well, you can't whip a moose shot dodi on somebody at full speed. Well, shit, the half a dozen times I did it just as a police officer, I must be delusional. Must've been a dream. James, wake me up, pinch me quick. Um, you know, so, but it's, it's those guys who need it and use it on a regular basis, um, that, you know, so it's all good. Uh, what else? Who else? You're, you're muted, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not a ventriloquist and I wasn't going to fill anything in. (laughs) We do that to people sometimes. They'll go, huh? And we'll go, (laughs) just move our lips. (laughs) Just to get their brain to stop for half a second. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) who else and what else? (laughs) Uh, Dave Fletch said, I'm a bit overweight, so I could use some enlightenment. Physically or egoistically? 
I'll leave that to you. Because okay? I'm a bit overweight as well. But that doesn't stop me. Okay? Anyway, what else we and he, he also said, become ninja in a day. I have had many students like that, LOL. Mm, yeah. Uh, when this new program comes out, one of the bonuses that people are getting, and it's actually, it's actually going to be on the front end, for those who enroll um, during the early enrollment kind of thing, right? So you have stuff to work on um, before the actual course starts. Did you, did you cover the course? Sorry, I was handling alarms and things. I covered some of it, yes. Okay, some of it, yeah. So um, uh, a couple of, couple of years ago, was it, was it during COVID or was it, I don't remember, all this shit blends together. Anyway, we did a five-day, it was basically a challenge, right? It was a five-day needed to uh, Kickstarter challenge, something like that, right? It was basically the title, right? And uh, just the title itself was very polarizing. Like we had, I, I did not have to spend a dime on Facebook advertising because the number of people that came out of the woodwork to either bash it or say it was a good idea was just phenomenal, right? 51% of the people, because I, I track all this stuff, 51% of the people were just bashing it and sharing it with their friends and, you know, co-bashing it and all that kind of stuff, and 49%. So it was heavily on that side, but it was close enough, right? Uh, people were like, well, that's a cool idea, right? So, but the bashers, the, the, the conclusion they jumped to way early was that I was telling people that I could turn them into a ninja master in five days. Even though the word Kickstarter, and in the description, it said what, James? For those people who've always wanted to get started, or those who trained before and are having trouble restarting, right? Big letters, big frickin' font, right? There's another frickin' wingnut out there telling people they can be a ninja in five days. Well, thanks for playing the game, but thanks for helping to tell Facebook how popular this program was so that they would share it to way more people, right? Um, but what it does is it walks through the foundational stuff. One of the classes is on, is on how to set up a training area when you don't have space for a training area, right? And how to set it up in a way where you have regular reminders of the goal that you can't not continually remind yourself. Right, it keeps you awake, right? Not woke, awake, right? Um, what else was in there? Uh, how to lay out like suggestions for weekly practice and those kind of things, right? It was literally laying a bedrock foundation for solo training students who have limited access to their teacher. And uh, I think one of the one of the lessons was on uh, we laid out traditional responsibilities of students and traditional responsibilities of teachers and how long distance students have to assume some of the responsibilities that would be the teachers in a traditional dojo. For instance, you sign up for a program, the class schedule is already taken care of. Here's when you'll be training. Okay. The hardest problem, and I've been a solo student my entire martial career. Okay. Well, I take that back. In 1975, 76, when I started in Gojinu Karate as an after-school program at my junior high school, 
that those were set. They were every Wednesday for an hour and a half after, right after school. Right. Uh, but otherwise, in this art, I've always been a solo training student. So I think that's where my unique um, power, my superpower comes from. And then I can help people that have that, what is normally considered as an impediment, right? And how to get from no belt to, well, I can't promise you'll do what I did and trip over yourself and end up being uh, suggested for Daishian ship. That's not even right. I, I made that up. Anyway, right, uh, just ending up in this in this position, right? Um, but what I did in this Kickstarter thing was lay things out because it was designed for solo training students trying to trying to get this stuff. So one of them was in recognizing that you're going to have to be mindful about these things and assume responsibility for creating your class schedule, creating your syllabus. Now, I offered um, in that program, I think I offered our, our lesson plan, basic outline kind of thing that people could use, but you're going to have to determine what, for how long, right? Um, now, in our regular programs, we offer video reviews and things like that. But, um, yeah, so uh, that's where we're going to throw that in as a bonus for people that sign on early for that program um, because that will give them things to work on and think about before the actual lessons that they think they signed up for are going to flow. And they did, but anyway. So what else? You're muted. So, okay, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, right? <laughs> Uh, Dave Fletch said both in answer to your physically or literally. Fair enough. And that was it. Okay. So, uh, Dave Fletch, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to reframe your thing just a little bit there. Okay. So I get it. Me too. But don't forget power and taijutsu comes from body weight behind the fist. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, what's most important is balance control and coordination. Yes, right, health and all those kind of things, right? Um, but some of us have uh, wear and tear <laughs> and, uh, uh, what do you call them, side effects from medications and all kinds of crap because of damage and whatever. So, uh, do the best you can with what you have, but do the best you can with what you have. That makes sense. Okay. Don't don't use things as excuses. Okay. Do the best you can. Right? I need a good quality knife as a sidearm. Great. Okay. What's the best that you can afford? with the budget you have, right? I need to get training. Great. What's the best that you can afford with what you have? And if everything is a constant focus, we have this thing in the dojo, um, this acronym, I can, right, which fits in with the, with the, the NIN thing anyway, with perseverance, right? But I can is an acronym. Improvement is constant and never-ending. So, but that's not just, that's not just martial arts, right? 
the other half to our martial training, right? You have the tiger side of training, which is your martial skills. What's the dragon side of training? Your social skills, success, success skills in both realms. And then they feed each other. Okay. And ultimately, and this is my belief, this isn't something I got from a teacher or anything like that. I believe that if I create my best life, if I create a life worth living, now my martial skills are in context because they're there to keep me in the world, to do good in the world. They're not just a hobby or a side interest or another thing that inflates ego. But that's me, right? You have to establish these things for yourself. And that's the cool thing, right? You're free to choose. And when I say, but you're not free from the consequences of your choices, that doesn't make it bad. It means I need to be mindful of my choices because, as Shrey Sensei always says, good decision, good choice, good action do, good situation make. Bad choice, bad decision, bad action, bad situation make. Okay? So karma is neutral. Okay? Karma is bad or good based on everything from intent to amount of energy, right? You imagine firing a blowgun at somebody who's like 20 feet away, but you do it this way. Those of you on audio only probably didn't even hear that, right? It was just this, it was the equivalent of, meh, <laughs> right? Oh, that'll do the job. Way to go. Anyway, so it's all good, right? Okay. It, it, it's it's you got to do what you got to do, right? But you got to do. Warriors are people of action. Okay. And as long as you're making decisions that move you forward, to whatever degree, forward movement, you're not your own worst enemy. You're not the one kicking the rug out from under yourself. You're not the one letting your muscles atrophy. You're, you get the idea, right? You're not the one living a life where people want to punch you in the face because you're a damn asshole. Now, I get it, right? I get the term asshole all the time because I, well, I speak truth. If you're going to be pissed off at me, it's going to be because it was my fault, okay? People make up shit all the time, right? I don't need for people to make up shit, right? If they want to be mad at me, they have plenty of reasons, okay? but not because my intent was to be an asshole or to deceive or to do any of those things, right? I'm, I'm going to be termed an asshole because I don't like what I have to say, okay? But truth is truth, okay? You know that thing from the 18 preparatory steps, right? Powdered incense, some goes in your hand, some goes on your tongue, and while you're tasting that really nice-smelling incense, Right? It's bitter. And the words you think are this is the taste of truth. And then you rub the powdered incense in your hands and you rub it on the areas of your body where it goes. Um, and that is the feel of truth. Okay? So truth will protect you, but 
but dot dot dot. We'll just leave it there. Anything else? Anything last minute? Uh, Chris just said uh, yes. He will be in contact by email. He is working a goal now to get himself to a spot that he can have the time and other things. As soon as that is reached, he will reach out. Cool. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, you bet, man. Uh, okay, so uh, as a reminder, right, we're going to be opening doors for uh, that program on Wednesday, but we're going to do it via uh, – I was handling alarms. Um, if James said this already, I apologize for repeating it, but we're going to kick it off with a free introductory training thing um, that leads right into that Module 1 Foundations uh, course. We will be training the same way we train in the dojo. Right. Um, even though you're long distance. So uh, I'm assuming you already gave him the page and uh, hit that. Hit the highlights the page. And things like that. Okay. I hit the highlights. I didn't give him the page. Yeah. So there's going to be a couple of techniques we're going to take a look at and whatnot. But the, the training during that introductory event is going to compress into one class what you're going to get across separate training lessons across the week, right? So there will be a, a lesson that you can do solo, right? There will be a lesson that's a partner kind of thing because it's the active kind of thing, right? And then there's going to be a personal development uh, part, right? Again, do what you want. But rank for me um, is the same as I was responsible for, right? I was always tested on physical ability, right, and application of the technique, the understanding of the technique and the art and history and things like that, strategic, tactical, whatever. And the third one was life improvement. Am I changing and am I producing more and better results? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a really good guide for hobbyists. I'm not. But I can take hobbyists, turn them into recreationalists, and turn those recreationalists into lifestyle people. Right? Where this no longer is something you do, it becomes so much of who you are, you can't not do it. That's cool. Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, I think we're, we're going to need to wrap this up because they're going to kick us off here pretty soon. So uh, hopefully I'll see everybody again next time. Uh, what is the – I don't know what the topic is. We'll, we'll feed it out to you uh, next time. I think the next one that I'm doing, uh, we're back on more of a physical, uh, tactical side. But if you want more of that stuff, don't miss the Whiteboard Wednesdays. Uh, they're live typically through the same channels. We're not on the Kuden page. We're on the online ninja training online needs right. to training page on Facebook, but still on YouTube, that kind of thing. Every Wednesday at 3 PM, unless for whatever reason, life throws me a curveball and I have to adjust time. Um, but yeah. So uh, tomorrow the notices should be going out about what Wednesday's theme will be. And then, you know, you can go from there. So um, do we have uh whiteboard Wednesday? Is that up as a podcast or something like, cause all these things used to be under live and now Facebook or not Facebook, YouTube has made changes. So like Kuden now falls under a podcast heading in the, in the bar, in the menu bar. Right. What about whiteboard Wednesday? That does not know. Kuden does. Cause it actually goes out 
like it's on podcast directories. Yeah, podcast services. Okay. Yeah. Right. Cause we're on Pandora and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, right. um, and next goal is what XM radio here in the next couple of months when they open the doors for that. Right. As soon as they open it. Right. Yeah. So, um, we got a, we got a foot in the door, at least being on Pandora. Now we have a foot in the door and a really good chance of ending up on XM, uh, serious XM radio. So right. that'll be a, that'll be a cool freaking day. Anyway. So let me close it this way. If you guys have topics or uh, whatever suggestions, right, or you have questions, right, that I think we don't don't worry about how many people might think it's a good thing or whatever. We know the audience, right? Um, if you've got questions or a topic request or whatever, send them in, right? You can post them in the comment section down below, but I mean, we try to do our best at, at getting these things, but. I mean, we have so many projects going on. It's just, it's just, sometimes it's not easy. So if you send things in to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com, for those of you who might have wrote something down earlier, James, I apologize. I came back in while he was doing the, um, the, uh, URL and he did it inside out. So I, if you wrote it down, please fix it. So he said warriorc at warrior online warrior-online-concepts.com don't worry about it dude you probably said it 15 ways the right way but somebody's gonna throw a flaming comment if you know fucking shit don't work anyway (laughs) so warrior c the letter c at warrior-concepts-online.com okay Um, send those things in and I'll divvy them out because if there's something that would be really great for whiteboard wednesday it'd be really great from kuden um and if nothing else you're gonna get at least an expedient answer back from me um, that'll help you move forward. And then, you know, uh, if it, if it seems like it's something that would really um, help everybody else, because otherwise, I mean, we're at episode what almost next week is 170. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Right. What you just looked at is 170 different ways <laughs> that I've like tried to comment this stuff. Right. Um, to, to hopefully, land for some of you right so and i appreciate those of you who are consistent because we we look at our statistics and we look at uh, where students come from and all that right our best most engaged students the most like recent ones in the last what two two three years right Mm -hmm. have admitted to binge watching or listening to kuden and a heavy part of whiteboard wednesday before they decided to jump on because it told them that I was the right fit for them. And that's, that's cool. Right. Um, so I don't mind doing all this free stuff. It does bother me when people say that I'm all about the money because of the cost of the program, like, oh, yeah. except that I've got how many hours of free shit out. Right. I mean, we do what an average of an hour and a half, two hours on Kuden. And I do 40 minutes to an hour on Whiteboard Wednesday. And that's, you know, and when I do private time, my private time is billed at $250 an hour. So, um, yeah, no. I mean, I could charge for it if people really want me to start doing that, but I bet not. So, but this is my way of giving back. And imagine if this is what I do for free. Imagine what it's like to be in the program. Got a whole library, what, 1,400, give or take hours of just audio-only lessons to the coaching group. Is it 1,400 at this point? 
it's probably over that at this point. Probably, yeah. So that's a that's a it's a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's wrap this up. I will talk to everybody again next time. Be safe, train hard, enjoy your week. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.